You're listening to the IPHC Leadership Cast. Hello and welcome to this edition of the IPHC Leadership Cast. My name is Garrett Magby. I'm the website manager for the um, communications department here at the IPHC. And today I have a returning guest, um, a good friend of mine and professor from college days, Dr. Terry Trammell from Southwestern Christian University. How are you doing today, Dr. Trammell? Doing very well, Garrett. Thanks for letting me come back on with you. Well, we are privileged to have you again and... um, I think that uh, I can speak for a lot of our, our listeners uh, to say that we just really enjoy um, you know, our conversations and, and uh, hearing your thoughts and opinions and, and what you have to say about uh, the subjects we talk about. Now, just to catch anybody up that's just now tuning in, um, tell me a little bit about yourself. Give us a little catch up for uh, the new, new listeners. All right. I've been in the ministry now for a long time. I was licensed with the IPHC in 1979, and so I've been preaching actually for 37 years, and the last 13 years I've been a part of the full-time faculty at Southwestern Christian University teaching Bible and theology. So I, uh, this is what my life is, is trying to communicate the good news of the gospel of Jesus. Amen. Amen. And that's the, uh, the best job there is to have right there. Um, now, Dr. Trammell, this, uh, this particular podcast is in uh, the month of December, and of course when the month of December hits, and even beforehand, especially when you go to the malls and all over, you see everybody already getting into uh, a, certain, a certain spirit, and uh, that spirit is, of course, the spirit of Christmas in, in the secular world, and then of course uh, for us, it means so much more than just a, you know, just a holiday or just a uh, an event that happens every year. So I kind of want to discuss that. Um, I think everybody's kind of looking forward to to uh, <laughs> this season and what we uh, what we have to talk about. But I want to I want to ask you um, on a on a personal standpoint. When we talk about Christmas, there are so many different things out there right now that point people in so many different directions about Christmas. Um, some very good. Some a little distracting or, or however you want to view it. But for us in the, in the Christian community, for people that, um, that know what Christmas is about, or even those that have just heard the stories, uh, what does Christmas mean to you personally? And then how should we, how should we view the reality of what took place that sometimes we forget about when we get caught up in the holidays? Those are great questions, Garrett. And I am, I'm thankful to have the opportunity to try to answer them. Christmas is the time where the church or the Christians, the body of Christ, we really get to be out in the front of the parade of what everybody's talking about. And really, we get to just talk about what we should be talking about all year long. And that is the good news of the gospel, which is simply that God became man, but he never stopped being God. It's all about the incarnation. Among all the religions of the world, only Christianity offers a story like this where the Creator Himself becomes one of the creation. It's, uh, it's overwhelming. It never gets old. It never gets tiring to think that He condescended to not only become human, but to become a baby in order that we might be saved and be redeemed is the most fascinating thing that's ever happened in human history. I've heard people say that the most important thing, you know, that ever occurred was that man walked on the moon, but I don't believe that. As fascinating as that is, God came and walked on the earth. God was here, and he started walking as a little baby, 
And that's what the message is all about. And uh, it's just a joy to be able to uh, have this part of his story emphasized. I've often thought it's like looking at the baby pictures of Jesus. (laughs) When we get out the Bible and dust it off and start reading in Matthew and Luke, it's like pulling out the family photo album. It's not that we want Jesus to go back to being just a baby, but we rejoice and thank God that he became a child for us that was promised and given so we could have salvation. Absolutely. And, and I, you know, the, the one thing that, uh, that is kind of stands out to me, even, even in, in talking about, um, just from that aspect, looking at it from, even if you read through the gospels and you see every, everything that starts with this event that took place and, and out of that, this, this, Christmas season, this what even people that haven't found the faith yet, haven't found the Lord yet, um, still celebrate Christmas, and it's been it's been one of the most celebrated uh, moments since it happened, and and the magnitude of that. Now, I do want to talk to you a little bit about the magnitude historically. Right when that that moment happened, of course, we look we're looking at it, you know, post from the from the the future after it happened, we're looking back at it. But what about everybody back then that had been hearing prophecies for years and years and years and years leading up to this? Things had been taking place early, early on to prepare the world for this pinnacle moment when salvation was birthed into the world from a whole different perspective. Right. What you're talking about is the expectation, the anticipation, the excitement. And just think about what you just described that's really what Christmas is all about. And even as children where we have the big build up for days and days and days until the night or that morning or the or the moment where the gift is, is given and received, that anticipation was real in the lives of Israel and in many people around the world for generations. Mothers were longing for sons that their son might be the promised Messiah one. Now, when he came finally, as you just mentioned, it was kind of a total different perspective. Despite hundreds of years of anticipating his arrival, when he came, he came so different. He right. came in a way that they were not looking for, and only a handful of people recognized him. Some shepherds, a few astronomers from a foreign country, a man named Simeon, a woman named Anna. The rest of the world just slept and slumbered for 30 years, didn't even know the Son of God was here. But that's where the Bible story comes in. Matthew is writing his entire gospel to show us Jesus is the promised Messiah King. And that's why his his favorite phrase is that it might be fulfilled. Everything that happened, he said, was it took place so it might be fulfilled. A virgin conceives and brings forth a son. Why? Because the scripture said from Isaiah that it must be fulfilled. He's born in Bethlehem. Why? Because the scripture said that Bethlehem would be the place where it took place. And so Matthew is telling his readers and he's telling all of us today that the long-awaited one, the hopes and dreams, the, the, the goals, the, the longings for deep in the recesses of every human heart is found with this one that has come. And Matthew is saying he's, he's here. And that's what we announce and rehearse every year at Christmas. Amen. Now, when that happened, when that moment happened, for for everyone that was present at the time, the the, the wise men who came and brought gifts to him, um, and the, and of course you know there's tons of different areas we could go into with the entire the entire event. But between then 
and now, the magnitude has not changed of what took place that day. For you, when you think about, just think about it, or when when the season approaches, and like you said, all year long, we should be we should be thinking about this all constantly. This is a, a extremely important thing, one of the most important things to have the birth of the Christ. Um, but for you, what is that? What does that look like in your heart, your soul, your spirit? What does that feel like to you? What do you think of? What are the thoughts that you have when you think on that moment for you personally? That is another great question. To me, Garrett, the, to comprehend the magnitude of that miracle and that moment that you're describing. When I, when I read the Christmas story or I hear it or I listen to those beloved Christmas songs and hymns, all of them are reminding me first and foremost of the great price that God paid in giving this gift of his son to us. Isaiah said, unto us a child was born, unto us a son was given. We understand the fact that that Jesus came as a child and he was born, but the other part of that stanza, a son was given. He was the son of God, pre-existent eternal son of God before he came. But he took on human flesh And when I think about the incarnation, God becoming man, God becoming a baby, God becoming a child, we have to understand that was not just a temporary uh, existence while he was here upon the earth. When he became man, it was forever. Jesus Christ forever will be the God-man. It was a man that came and walked on the earth. It was Jesus the man who died on the cross, Jesus the man who rose from the dead, And Jesus, as a man, ascended to heaven, and he said, you will see the sign of the Son of Man coming on the clouds of glory. Just think about that, the price that was paid for you and I to be saved, for the world to be saved. God had to become a part of his creation. He had to become man, but he didn't stop being God. But forever and ever, 10 million years from now, he will be the God-man. And that's that's the that's the magnitude. To answer your question, that's the magnitude of the miracle. What kind of price tag you're going to put on that? What he had to do to condescend, to rescue and redeem us. Absolutely, and, a, and an ultimate, an ultimate sign of humility by the, the creator. You know, the the definitely. It, it just it kind of blows your mind in a in a lot of ways. Um, now let me ask you this on a, on a on a, a level that will speak to the leaders, the pastors out there, the evangelists, um, missionaries, anybody who is trying to relay this message, what we're talking about right now, to other people and have them understand that same magnitude and be able to comprehend how big of a uh, an event this is. What are some ways that you've grown to know over the years translates to you know, the, maybe the, the average person that doesn't know that much or doesn't know really what took place. They kind of know the, the, the framework, but maybe not all the ins and outs. Well, I think we need to be as creative as we can, finding new and fresh, innovative ways to tell this grand old story. But the story itself doesn't need to be changed. It certainly can't be changed. It just needs to be embraced. And, and part, of the, uh, uh, part, part of the solution to the question you've asked is just being filled with passion about it. Be so overwhelmingly in love with with the Christ gift yourself. It just kind of flows out of you. You know, Philip Yancey, uh, in one of his classic books, he wrote and he talked about going to feed his fish. And he said the fish swam away from him in fear. 
and he tried to feed the fish in the aquarium and the fish just kind of went away. And so he would talk to his fish and say, little fish, I'm here to help you. I love you. But the fish kept swimming away. And he said it dawned upon him. He said, you know what? That fish could never really know how much I cared for him. He said, unless I could become a fish. He said, if I could become a fish, I'd get in there in the aquarium. I'd be just like him. I'd swim alongside him. I'd say, look, I'm, I'm one of you and I love you. And really what you just described for thousands of years, it was God that had the dilemma of trying to reveal himself to humanity. How can he let us know who and what he's like and how much he loved and cared for us? He could say for thousands of years through Old Testament voices, I love you, I'm here for you, but how could we know if we, that this invisible being was so far from us? But if he could become one of us, if he could become a man, well, he could walk alongside us, he could speak in a language, we could understand, we could see him, and that's what happened. We could never become like him, but he became one of us. And just when I think about, you know, a creative way of like telling the story like that, for a heart of a pastor or a teacher that's in love with the Savior, you just open yourself up to the Holy Spirit, he will give us ways that we can connect with this generation, this wonderful story. That's excellent. That's excellent. Now let me ask you, from your from your point of view, this is one of those hard pointed questions that nobody wants to answer because it requires you to, uh, you know, when, you know when somebody asks you, "Hey, what's your favorite song?" and you say, "Well, there's thousands of songs. How am I supposed to pick one?" You know, this is kind of one of those questions. So I hate to throw this at you, but if there were three things that you would want to stress this season the most, this, this I say this season, this period of time as we're we're coming up on this this celebration. Um, of the birth of Christ, what are the three things that you would want to stress the most to people that you would want them to be able to make sure they remember as we celebrate? Um, anything that comes to mind? Um, all right, that's, a, that's an intriguing question. Uh, all your questions are good. You ought to be doing this for a living. Okay. <laughs> well, I guess in a way, maybe. In, in a way, maybe you are. You know, when I'm when I'm faced with any kind of a question like that about any kind of a threefold, uh, um, you, you know, inquiry, I, I immediately think of past, present, and future. It just comes to my mind. And you can get a three-point outline from all of us have a past. We're living in the present. We're all going to have a future. When we look to the past, it was the idea, he's coming, he's coming. He's coming. I think that that would be the first thing to emphasize. The Old Testament is so rich. I would encourage pastors and teachers, don't ignore that. Don't ignore the voices of the prophets and all of the reasons why there was expectation for him to come. That anticipation, that excitement, we have it now looking for the Lord's return. They had it then before he came the first time. That would be the first thing, the fact he's coming. But then the second one would be he came. That's the good news of the gospel. That's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. That's telling the, the, the grand old story. Jesus Christ did indeed come, and the world has not been the same since. And that is the message. We, we, we've got to be able to, to, uh, to present it. He came as a baby, but the good news of the gospel, he didn't stay a baby. He grew to become a man. And Luke tells us all those different ways that he grew. And we're so grateful that he came and he went to the cross and so we don't separate the cross from the cradle, but there would be no cross unless he had come to the cradle first. And so he did come to the cross, but it doesn't stop at the cross. He came out of the tomb and has gone back to the throne. And so the first thing would be, you asked about the three things, the fact he's coming, that message. And then number two, 
he came. That's what the writer said. But the third thing would be, don't forget, at this Advent Christmas season, he's coming again. He's coming again. That same excitement, that same anticipation, that same longing, it ought to be in all of our hearts. The world has not seen the last of this Jesus. The last time they saw him, he was hanging on the cross. But the next time the world sees him, he'll be coming in clouds of glory. He is coming back again. And my prayer, you know, I mentioned earlier about just a handful of people were ready when he finally came. And I wonder, you know, despite the fact we've had all of this preaching and all of almost 2,000 years of church history, how many people are really looking for him? How many people are really ready for him? But the good news is we can be. And so those are the three things that I would say at this Christmas season to reflect upon. uh, Something we like to do sometimes, turn out all the lights except the lights on the Christmas tree or the mantle or whatever you have decorated and just think about these three things. He's coming. He came. And he's coming back again. He's coming back again. That's excellent. And Dr. Trammell, I want you to know that, uh, of course, it's always a pleasure to talk with you. And I think that um, I think that the, uh, the things that we talk about and the things that you shed light on and um, the way that you you know, uh, even describe things are very, I know, helpful for me and hopefully uh, helpful for everyone that's listening as well. And I, I'm sure that they appreciate it as much as we do. So um, we're out of time, but I do want to say thank you. And um, I hope, of course, that you have a very merry and blessed Christmas as always uh, throughout the year. And um, we will talk to you, I'm sure, again uh, in the near future. Thank you, Garrett. Blessings to you and your family and to all who are listening. Great grace to everyone. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the IPHC Leadership Cast. For more information on the Leadership Cast and other church-related resources, please visit www.iphc.org.